0: Sports Miss Liz Loza, Mr. Milt Stegos, through Davis Sanchez, current scout for the Indianapolis Colts, Joy Elliott, and that's why I rock with him. Oh,
1: that's nice. That's nice.
0: See, that's why I rock with JV, man. JV. week NFL free agency has been a treat we got the NFL draft coming around the corner life's good right now and it is with my pleasure today that I welcome on returning guest to the show he's not only a photographer but I'd like to think that he's a pretty good NFL analyst himself he is a Titans fan though so we'll have to bypass that for the episode it's Mr. Mike Stottleman Mike happy to see you again brother how you doing
1: hey how's it going man happy to be back
0: Mike, you want to give us a little bit of uh, a shout out on where where the guys can find you who are watching this?
1: Yeah, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is uh, at the Mike's Graphics. My Twitter is at Mike's Graphics, no D. Um, and yeah, feel free to follow. I talk all sports as well as uh, shoot all sports. So you're the best of both worlds.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah, we're going to get into the uh, the meat and potatoes of your photography work as we progress through the episode. But first, let's kick it off. Let's talk some NFL free agency. The last time I had you on, we were talking a bunch of NFL. So let's shoot the shit, man. What are your thoughts on free agency? Any specific favorite signing so far? Anything that maybe you haven't liked so much? We could go any route you want. Quarterbacks, running backs. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah. So let me first and foremost, uh, I'll start with a bias pick because As a Titans fan, uh, going into the offseason, one of my big wish list guys who I wanted the Titans to sign was Arden Key. I wanted Arden Key to to stop being a Jacksonville Jaguar and and hop over and become a Tennessee Titan, and uh, we made that happen. Um, So I'm a real big fan of that. I think he's going to thrive on the D-line there in Nashville. So big fan of that signing. Um, Outside the Titans, uh, I like – I like what the Bears are doing, man. I like what the Bears are doing. The only one that I'm a little suspect on is they didn't want to pay Roquan Smith, mm-hmm. but then they gave Tremaine Evans that, right, right. that same kind of deal. So that was a little that was a, that was a little uh, iffy to me. I feel like, you know, uh if you're gonna pay a linebacker, you should pay Roquan. Um, but you know, maybe Roquan just wanted to move on and and it's it was easy to get a, a fresh start, but other than that, I think Deontay Foreman, um, big fan of his. I think that really good uh, in their backfield. I don't think they're done at the running back position either. Um, I like that signing. Uh, offensive time ta- they've got offensive line talent. They're trying to build around Justin Fields. Yep. Uh, the trade, like when it when the trade first went down for the number one overall pick, I was kind of like, "Really? That's it?" Like I know yeah. everybody else was like, "Oh my gosh, the Bears just got a haul." I was like, "Well, right,
0: right,"
1: like. Is it? Because if you look back at like the Mitch Trubisky deal, the Trey Lance deal, the 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 Titans Rams deal for uh, the number one overall pick many years ago, the RG3 deal, like mm-hmm. this really that didn't stack up like in comparison. Like those deals were like the farm compared to what the Panthers. It felt like it really wasn't that much. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know what, that's probably just. I think they're just trying to reset the market because if you look at all those deals, I can't really think of, of one that worked out. Maybe Carson Wentz mm-hmm. uh, for like a season, um, and then that quickly went downhill. RG3 for like a season, and that quickly went downhill. Uh, you know, Trubisky, uh, it, the list goes on. None of them really worked out, so why trade the farm for something? Especially now that we're learning, Carolina doesn't even know what they're going to do at number one. Um, so it's interesting, but the Bears getting DJ more, that's big. Because they can go back at nine, make really whatever pick they want. They are yep. still position the position value they need will still be there at nine. If they need offensive line, mm-hmm. it will still be there. If they need defensive line, it'll still be there. Uh and they get DJ Moore, who is a first round wide receiver. So yeah, I, I think the Bears uh are probably having one of the best offseasons uh out there. Uh I don't, I don't like. This is gonna sound so biased, but I don't like what the Colts are doing mm, right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. Uh, they they signed the biggest deal in in history for a kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't retain Bobby Okereke. Um, signed Gardner Minshew, which you know it kind of is what it is. But if they, if they pulled the trigger on Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. at four, and I'm a Colts fan, I, I don't like. I don't like where our trajectory is going because <clears throat> call me a hater. I'm not sold on Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. I've seen him play live. I, I watch a lot of SEC football. Um, you know, this just sounds a lot like a uh, uh, combine hype, yeah. you know? I mean, he completed 53, I think, percent of his passes in college. So that's cool that you have a big arm, but you got to complete the passes. Uh, right. You know, this is the same issue that we saw with Josh Allen. But the difference is between Josh Allen and Anthony Richardson is not talent. I don't think it's talent at all. I think Anthony Richardson could get there, but the problem is, is due to Patrick Mahomes' early success in his career, we are no longer in a organizational uh, state where where teams wait. Teams don't wait anymore. No, if you're no. not if you're not good in the first two years, if you're not Mahomes in the first two years, they're looking to move on from you. They're looking to move on and they're trying to go get their guy. We see it all the time. Now Mahomes has set a standard that is impossible to keep up with. And I'm not saying that's the right thing that, that these teams do, but it is just the reality we live in. Look at the, the Cardinals. They moved on with, after Rosen after one year, just because a better prospect come up. What if the Colts next year are not good, get the number one overall pick. You think they're passing on Caleb Williams? Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, it's a, I'm not a big fan of what the Colts are doing. I mean, I am a fan because I'm I'm not – I don't want the Colts to be good. (laughs) Right, right. But, but like, as just completely unbiased, the Colts offseason is is not going uh, very great. And they could be parting ways with Ryan Kelly, their starting center, who Mm -hmm. um, that offensive line was already already pretty bad last year. So uh, interior ones are hard to find, especially at the center position. So not really thrilled uh, with what the Colts are doing if I'm a Colts fan. Uh, So those are – Those are my, that's my big winner. That's my big loser. Um, And then I'll give like a, a team that's been been sneaky. Team that's been sneaky is the defending champs, Mm -hmm. Chiefs. Drew Tranquil, one year deal. That's a great signing. Um, Mike Edwards, Mm -hmm. that's a ball hawk. He might be the best ball hawk in the league, truly. Um, That plays on just a really good defense. And, Bold prediction: He might lead the NFL in interceptions next year because think about how many opportunities he's going to get. All those fourth quarter leads the Chiefs are going to have that are going to force teams to pass the ball. Yep. Mike Edwards is going to have a lot of opportunities to go find the football. So that's a big signing. Um, Juwan James from the Jags, I think, is a big upgrade on, for Orla- uh, in, in place for Orlando Brown Jr. So mm-hmm. um, I think they've gotten better. They've gotten nothing but better, and and losing Juju. Not a big deal to me. Losing Miko Hardman, which we we don't know where he's going to sign yet, but if they do lose Miko Hardman, that offense is a plug and play. That right. that offense, as soon as Tyreek left and they won a Super Bowl, it proved that it doesn't matter who Mahomes has a receiver, he's he's going to win. So they could get anybody, and and continue to be great. So I know it's it's easy to say the Chiefs got got better, um, but somehow I feel like they have after. A Super Bowl winning year last oh, year.
0: A hundred percent. No, they uh like you said, when Tyreek Hill left, there was a bunch of speculations on can the Chiefs do it without the Cheetah, right? Can they do it without a number one receiver? They didn't even have a receiver this year. Um, a lot of people were asking me what I thought about the Juju signing. Or uh, Juju leaving Kansas City at least, and asking me how losing a wide receiver one could affect that offense. And in response, I just said, "I I really don't think Juju was a wide receiver one. I don't think they had a wide receiver one last season. It was." pretty much Travis Kelsey and whoever was able to run a route on the field, Patrick Mahomes would get him the ball. So I think that's really where the Chiefs benefit is the fact that Patrick Mahomes has been so good early on in his career, like you mentioned. And I also agree that has completely busted the market. I mean, even guys like Jalen Hurts, who obviously had a great season this year, but if he didn't produce – like he did this season, I'm afraid if he didn't even win a playoff game that the Philadelphia Eagles may have seriously contemplated moving on from him because of how high demand quarterback production is right now in the NFL. So it's unfortunate because it puts a lot of pressure on these prospects. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence from last year. Um, If he wasn't able to kind of reevaluate his situation this season and produce after the, firing of urban meyer and you know the disaster class that happened last season he could have very well maybe on a different team this season i'm not sure but as you said it puts a lot of pressure on uh on these new quarterbacks coming in so excited to see obviously what the what the class can do but i also think as you mentioned the bears you know, trading away that number one pick. They didn't need it. I like Justin Fields right now. I don't think he's going to be phenomenal, but I think that he's going to get the job done, especially with uh, some of the weapons they've surrounded him with now. Let's talk about a little bit of the bigger signings. Um, we had Aaron Rodgers to the jets. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I, I am a known Aaron Rodgers hater. Mm-hmm. I
0: I think everybody is right now. I I think a lot of people are (laughs) Aaron Rodgers haters right now.
1: I have, I have not been a fan of his for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't, I just, I don't want to say overrated because I think that the word gets thrown around um, too loosely. I just have never really, I've never really liked his personality. And then obviously it's just become more to fruition over the last um, few seasons. I think he's, I think he held the Packers hostage. And and the and the Packers just were completely okay with it. They were completely okay with just letting him do whatever it is that he wants. He could. Oh, I'm gonna leave the team. Oh, okay, Aaron. Just we'll be here when you get back. You know. Just right. that's. I, I don't think that's no player in the NFL should should warrant that type of um, organizational power that that he was wielding. Um, but with that said, I mean it's definitely it's definitely interesting if you're a Jets fan, right? Because You got the offensive rookie of the year. You sign Alan Lazard, who was one of the guys that I was really hoping the Titans would shell some money out for, because I think he just plays physical Titans football. Like, he's a, he is a, he's kind of like a, a, a little past his era of receiver. If he was before, before this like speed type receiver, like before everyone just wants fast, Alan Lazard would be, I mean, he like. I mean, he's like Braylon Edwards.
0: So. You could almost consider him like a tight end, the way he blocks. And yeah, the Jets have been lacking did. that. They don't have a they don't have a wide receiver, or I don't even think they have a good tight end in in the mix there. So Alan Lazard could fill in with that, with the chemistry with Wo- Rodgers that he has.
1: Yeah, no, I think he definitely is going to play a big role. He can he can go up and get a contested catch. Uh, a lot of people talk about his drops, but his drop percentage is actually not that high. He has some drops, but his percentage of drops compared to catches is really not that high. So I think he'll be fine. Um, uh, Obviously to get Brees hall back next year. uh, They got a, they got a pretty good offensive line. The defense is what it is. It's the defense is a top 10 defense, maybe top five, maybe even the best defense in the NFL. Uh, You know, how many times did we, we see last year, the jets holding the top offenses to seven points a game, 10 points a game. And they can't put They can't put up 10 themselves. So, I, I do think the defense could take a step back due to the offensive production. Um, but, you know, the offense could be getting off the field a little faster, so the defense could be on the field faster. But, I mean, really, they were the same situation this year, except for the fact that it wasn't the offense getting off the field faster in a good way. It was the offense getting off the field faster in a bad way. Mm-hmm. So they were put up their back against the wall last year, um, and they they came correct. So I think it'll be interesting this year if Rodgers, when he puts up together some uh, some long drives and really gives that defense a chance to rest and recover and get out there, honestly, the defense could could be the legit end-all, be-all number one defense in the league. Um, the problem is, the pro- the problem if you're a Jets fan and why you can't get too excited is because you're in the AFC. Yeah, You're in the AFC, which is just dominated by every top quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, no disrespect to Rodgers. I think he is a great quarterback. I just thought I'd be a fan of his. I mean, he wasn't even making it past the NFC guys, mm-hmm. you know, and you could say, oh, well, that's because the Packers, yada, yada. Well, I mean, take back the last two years when the Packers did have a top five defense that did have like they were 12 and four, 13 and three. It didn't matter. They were still getting knocked out of the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see uh, are they going to be able to make it past the Josh Allens? Are they going to make it? Are they going to be able to make it past the Joe Burrows, the Patrick Mahomes, you know, uh, I mean, I could go down the Justin Herberts, the Trevor Lawrence, you know, yep. whoever. I mean, they got, there's the quarterback talent is all AFC right now. So Aaron Rodgers is going to a tough spot. He's going to a tough spot. And overall, I think, you know, when that deal goes down, I'm, I'm interested to see what the, what it warrants because I don't think you know, a lot of people said because of Aaron Rodgers Pat McAfee show appearance that, oh well, Packers hold all the cards now because he so he said that he wants to play for the Jets. Now the Jets just have to make it happen. But I don't think so. I don't think either team really holds the cards because also another thing Aaron Rodgers said was that he was gonna retire. He was 90 10 retire.
0: Right, right, right.
1: I know. So so now if you're if you're the Jets organization, why am I gonna give you a first round pick? Right. If he's just going to retire after a year. Right. I mean, he, he was going to retire last year. Now it just seems like he's playing at a spite. So how can I guarantee that he's going to be here more than just one season? So why would I give you a first-round pick, especially more than one first-round pick? So I get why the deal has not been done yet because I imagine this compensation talk is going to go – it could go all the way to the draft. It truly could. It, it might go after the draft. Who knows what's going to happen uh, with the compensation there. But I don't think either – team right now is going to budge. I think if you're the Jets, you don't want to give up a first round pick. If you're the Packers, you you you're going to want to receive a first round pick and and I get it from both angles because how do you not get a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers, right? But okay. also how do you give up a first round pick and more for a 39-year-old quarterback who basically said he's probably not going to play more than just this season. So, yeah, t- it's it's a tough spot, but overall I think it's a good move for the Jets. Um Aaron yeah. Rodgers really taking that, that Brett Favre route, man.
0: <laughs> for sure. They they have ties from the past. That was slightly concerning. Uh, I was watching the Pat McAfee show, and Aaron Rodgers seemed like he carved up some motivation in, in a day or two to come back to football. And I was like, like damn, you're really going to put, you know, all the eggs in one basket for this quarterback who is not only probably going to be there for a year or two, like you mentioned, but he's also asking you to bring on a list of free agents who need to get paid a lot of money and who include two players who I thought were retired, Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis. I I didn't know these guys were around still. So when he has demands like that and he's telling you that he was 90% retired a few days ago, that's a little bit concerning. Um, and again, yeah, the NFC, as you mentioned right now, is deprived of quarterback talent. I mean, it is hard to make an argument who is the best quarterback in that conference right now. You could go Jalen Hurts, obviously, maybe Matthew Stafford. It's it's really up for grabs at this point. I I really don't know who's coming out of the NFC next year. Probably the Eagles is my pick right now because – a lot of the teams just aren't captained by a, a good enough quarterback at the moment. Uh, before we get into talking about your photography, let me throw two teams at you who are in the NFC, the Detroit lions and the new Orleans saints, the lions letting go of Jamal Williams to the saints. What are your thoughts on that? The saints also got Derek Carr. And then obviously the lions bringing in, uh, David Montgomery,
1: a big David Montgomery fan. Um, I think he kind of got the raw end of the deal being behind Justin Fields mm-hmm. in Chicago and a not very good offensive line. He made the best of it. Um, he, I mean, I think he had, I, I want to say, I know he had at least one 1,000 yard season, maybe two, um, you know, thousand yard rushers are, are hard to find in this league, um, you know, as, as, as much. And that's only because running backs are a dime a dozen. So the fact that you could just rotate running backs in so often, it kind of kills just the single um running back production but I think if you put David Montgomery there with DeAndre Swift I like that combo a lot because as, I think as much as I love Jamal Williams uh, as a person um I also love him as a player but Jamal Williams is not a number one mm-hmm. he's not he's not a guy who can just carry the load in the offense that's why he went to New Orleans uh, if you look in the history of Jamal Williams he's been a he's been a handcuff um everywhere he's went he was he was chain-linked to Aaron Jones He was chain linked DeAndre Swift, and now he's chain linked to Alvin Kamara. So, I think David Montgomery, who's a proven number one, can only do bigger things um, in Detroit. I don't think he's going to break Jamal Williams' touchdown record just because you know. I think he's going to be just more of a consistent player and and thousand yard rusher. DeAndre Swift, who I honestly I wouldn't be surprised if DeAndre Swift is is even moved after this deal. Yeah, Um, just because David Montgomery can do it all he's a good blocker he's a good receiver and he's a good runner so depending on what deandre swift is going to demand because i think he's still on a rookie contract um coming up for an extension depending on that i mean i don't see why they wouldn't just go ahead and move on because you can find four deandre swifts in this draft alone mm-hmm. so I, I like what the lions have done um i think they've also had a good free agency uh i don't think they're done i think uh, this could just be me really into it just because I've been watching DJ Chark a lot. I'm an LSU fan. So I like when LSU guys sign with the Titans, DJ Chark was a big wish list guy for me at receiver. Cause I wanted us to get faster. DJ Chark has been posting a lot of his lions highlights on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know what that means, but it could mean that he's headed back to Detroit, um, which would be a, a good retention for them. I thought he had a good season um, in Detroit and, Jared Goff, talk about best quarterbacks in the NFC. Jared Goff could be the, could be the sneaky best quarterback up in the there. NFC. He's up there. Um, because arguably he was a top eight quarterback last year. You can make an argument that that he was a top eight quarterback in the entire NFL last year. So, uh, But, you know, I will go back to what we kind of started with about it's a win now league. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Lions don't take a step, if they don't make the playoffs, or if they're not in contention going into the final week of the year. If Dan Campbell doesn't get moved on from, because you you've got to carry the energy from last season into this season. If you start off like you have the last two seasons, or I mean, really, we could go back to the last ten seasons for Detroit, right? But if you start off the way you have this season, just like that, you're not going to make the playoffs again. They're they're going to want to get someone in there that can have a full season of good football. Not let's turn it up towards the end of the year when when our backs come against the wall. You gotta start week one, you gotta finish week eighteen. So I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from Dan Campbell this year, um, depending on how this season goes. Um, but that's my thoughts on the Lions. Uh as for the Saints, um I like what they did. They they brought back Michael Thomas yep. um on a one year $10 million deal, I think it was. Uh Derek Carr, you know, I don't think he was the problem in Vegas. I don't think he was the problem at all. And I think honestly them signing Jimmy Garoppolo kind of proved that to me that they don't think they need some big star quarterback. They just wanted someone to take the fall. Mm-hmm. And I think Derek Carr was unfortunately the guy that got it. Um, Derek Carr hasn't, I'm not going to say he's been perfect, but I mean, they got a lot of problems over there in Vegas. And I think it starts the organization and then trickles down to Josh McDaniels. who I don't think is a good football coach, but, mm-hmm. uh, or a good head football coach. Let me rephrase that. I think not easy. he's not a great head football coach. Um, don't think he knows how to run a team. And they just lost Darren Waller. But um, I think the Saints are going to be fine. I, I think the Saints are going to be fine. The only issue I have is that they did lose some talent on defense. Um, they're returning Cam Jordan on the D-line. I think it's the only starter they're returning on the D-line. They lost the other three. So we'll see what they do on the D-line. Um, you know, the Saints have a way of working that cap magic, so I'm sure they'll find find right. something out uh to, to plug and play there. But other than that, I think they still got a good team in front of them. I think Derek Carr is gonna boost the offense up uh a lot more than Andy Dalton did. I can, yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah. So uh and it, the NFC South, I think this season became the absolute weakest conference in football. Mm-hmm. The I mean the Buccaneers are pretty prime for some reason in going all, all in on Baker Mayfield. The Panthers are going to be, you know, what they are this year. Uh, they could be, they could be better in a year or two from now, but obviously they're going to be rock, rocking either a rookie quarterback or Andy Dalton um, out there. So the Panthers are the Panthers, um, and the Saints got better. And then uh, who's the fourth team? I'm thinking I'm, I'm blanking on the fourth team. It's uh, Panthers, Bucks, Saints, and Falcons. Falcons, yeah, the Falcons are the Falcons, right? I mean, they they had a good offseason with Jesse Bates, um, and then they trade for Johnu Smith, who in an Arthur Smith offense could be pretty dangerous with Kyle Pitts and and, uh, and Johnu Smith. But what are you going to do at quarterback, right? I mean, mm-hmm. is is Desmond Ritter the guy? I like yeah. Desmond Ritter, but is he the guy? Um, so you know, I I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. I think the Saints look like the most complete team in the NFC South. So, I, if I had to bet, I would say they probably win the division. They probably go to the playoffs, and uh, and I think they did get overall better, mainly because the quarterback can influence a team a lot. And Derek Carr has proven to me he's a leader. He's an absolute leader on the field. He's a leader in the locker room. I don't think a single teammate said a bad thing about him right. when he is when he was leaving Vegas. They all showed their true colors. They all gave him nothing but but high praise. He still gave the team nothing but high praise when he left. Mm-hmm. So I think the Saints got better. I, I think the Saints are a team that are are going to make the playoffs next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I like them next year, especially in uh in in a weak conference, as we've talked about over and over, like the NFC. Mike, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about your your career now in photography before we end things off. Um we talked last time you're on the show mostly about what you've done in photography. Let's catch up a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about your top moments or maybe just your singular top moment over the past few years in photography, whether it was with the NCAA, maybe now with the MLS, tight university run me through that quickly.
1: Yeah. So top moment has got to be this past season in college football, uh, Vanderbilt upsetting Florida mm. inside, inside of first bank stadium, you know, um, For any listeners out there that know SEC football, uh, you know Vanderbilt, right? And it's not because of how good they are. And uh, it's not because of their significant wins or anything like that. And I've been in Nashville for the better half of 16 years now. I've watched a lot of Vanderbilt football. I've been right there in those sections watching those games, both at the top of the levels to the field level. And that game, to me, was the biggest win in a very long time. Uh, for them, maybe, maybe in the last in the last fifteen years, mm-hmm. because the state of the program, the state of just the fan base, the state of the current SEC, and you go in there, Anthony Richardson, by the way, <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> goes in there and and uh, and loses to Vanderbilt, loses to Vanderbilt, who uh, hadn't, you know, they just beat Kentucky a week before. Uh, energy was, was high. You know, you just beat a ranked team in Kentucky, uh, at Kentucky. And now you get Florida at home, uh, which the fan base has, has completely overtaken Florida fans everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they go in there and they just come out firing. They, they come out firing just like they did against Ole Miss two weeks prior, you know, Ole Miss obviously came back and, and won that one pretty handedly, um, because they were able to take the top off the defense, but, and, and Florida tried. Anthony Richardson just overthrew a lot of balls there, um, in Nashville that day. But, um, but man, that you can't, as a photographer, on the sidelines, you can't show a lot of emotion. because right, at right. The end of the day You're at work. Right. Um, so you get real good at just making facial expressions yeah. and you get real good at just making facial expressions and just little comments and to where you're not like over there, just cheering on the sideline the whole time. And, uh, I remember it was about the third quarter, about the third quarter, and uh, we really started going back and forth. We were – Florida would score, but we were coming right back at it. We just – I think it was right before halftime or right after halftime. Uh, Florida muffed the punt. Vanderbilt's long snapper recovered it in the end zone for a touchdown. And it was pretty much then I had this feeling. You know, you watch those games and it's like, all right, everything's going right. For this right, 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 now. right. Like – you know they say good teams get breaks and that just what it felt like that day is everything was going right for Vanderbilt and uh you know it is almost like a proud father moment as well in a weird way because you know i've i've been with these i've been with these athletes at practice i've been with i've been with them for for uh for ceremonies with the head coach i've been with them for for thanksgiving uh lunches with their family uh you know photographing that um, I've seen them with their heads held lower than low. You know, I, I was there for for East Tennessee State, beating them 24 to three in right. the opening in the opening week. And uh, so being able to photograph them just absolute jubilation after they just beat SEC opponent Florida, who is not the Florida of old, but at the end of the day, Florida's a great program and that's a and that's a great win for them. So um, that was easily my favorite moment. Uh, this the last couple of years is just being able to photograph um, Vanderbilt beat Florida. Uh, but I'll be honest today, like literally today, uh, close, close second Vanderbilt basketball NIT tournament down nine or down. Yeah. Down nine points, eight points, sorry, down eight points with 50 seconds left to go. They come back and win the game. Wow. Um, it was just, uh, I mean, I, I thought the, I thought the game was over. I was sitting over there. Uh, Michigan had just scored. To make it an eight point game. And I remember just thinking, like, well, this is probably it. And then Vanderbilt's trap defense, man. It just all of a sudden, three straight turnovers, yeah. four straight buckets. And next thing you know, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt's got the lead 66, 65. And uh, that's a close second because man, that place is rocking. That place is rocking. Fans are out there, see the whole filled all Vanderbilt fans. So uh, so yeah, th- that's a close second. So those two moments were were pretty cool
0: crazy man no that sounds like complete chaos and and to be in that moment especially as a fan for that team uh man like i could you could you could only imagine the feeling right like you could only just imagine being there in that position for sure the moment must have been must have been just crazy uh covering that that vandy game and obviously the basketball game today now I'm not going to lie. I was doing some research and I came across your Behance profile. Now, I don't know how long it's been since, you, since you've since you used that. Uh, you still had your age is 22 years old, which you still look young, but I know you've, I know you've had a few years under your belt now. Um, but you had written in there and I found it interesting was in your bio you had, I thrive when it comes to work ethic and determination to be the best I can always be. Can you talk a little bit about the mentality that it takes when you're in the photography game, when you're in the business, in the industry. What's the dedication to your craft looking like? How much time do you have to put in? Because it's competitive. Everybody's taking photos now. You could take out your iPhone, you take a picture, and that could go viral, right? You could take a video on your iPhone, that could go viral. What is it? What is it like to be in the industry and to be and what kind of work are are you putting in? I'm I'm super interested to hear what. What kind of stuff is going on behind the scenes so that way you can be atop of your game in front of everybody else around the world?
1: Yeah, no, man, uh for sure. Yeah, the Behance uh profile is a little bit, a little bit outdated, but that <laughs> but but that remains the same. Um I, I switched over my portfolio to uh there's a website link in my bio, but it's uh mike Right. Um and I will say I've got a motto. Um honestly, if I if I had the if I had the time, I really actually push this into a brand because I I, I live by it, and that's uh I, in my head I just think B squared all the time B squared, and what that means is just be better, so just be better double B, and um, at the end of the day, no matter how good I am, I can be better, and that's whether it's coming to photography, uh, in the gym, uh, you know anything I'm doing, you know as a as a as a brother, as a son, as a husband, just I can be better. And when it comes to photography, what that means is just putting in the time, Uh, putting in the time, you know, there's a lot of people who wouldn't go down the road and do a Vanderbilt tennis um, if they were asked, just because they don't have the time for that. Well, you know, I I don't have the time for it either, but I'm going to make the time for it because at the end of the day, I can always get better. Uh, The industry as a whole, uh, it is competitive. It is competitive. Uh, It's a little bit toxic. I'm not going to lie, you know, because... You know, everyone wants every job themselves, right? Um, that's not how I am. I want everybody to get better. Uh, I want to be better and I want to get better together. I want to make sure that if I, you know, if I rise up, everybody rises up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to get people's foot in the door. I'm trying to get people uh, other jobs. I'm trying to get people on with me. I'm trying to get more people uh, to talk to this about because I love talking to the, about this to people. I love learning from people. Um I love seeing photos on Instagram being like, Oh man, that's, that's such a great composition. Like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to replicate it. I don't want to go out there and just get the same photo and post it. Um, But I can take that and start thinking in my head, like, Oh, you know what? Like, I bet this is where they sat for that. I bet this is how they shot for that. Like, I bet this is what they would do to get that shot. And so, you know, that's the focus is at the end of the day, your job is to get the shot and, Anybody can go out there with the camera and anybody can hold it and anybody can can, can hold the shutter down. But it's a matter of are you going to get the shot? And in sports photography, I will say there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of luck involved. You got to hope the play come towards you and you got to hope that, you know, the player comes down with the pass or, you know, whatever, whatever may have it. But there's a lot of skill involved, too, um, because, you know, when it comes to how do I prepare for that, i tell you I'll tell you a big way I prepare for that is if I'm going to cover a team that I haven't covered much, or or if I cover the team a lot, like Louisville, uh, I don't watch a lot of ACC football, but I try to watch a lot of Louisville games. Um, and let's say it's Louisville versus Pitt. Well, if I was just a casual fan, I would go off the last few years of Pitt football and assume they're going to come down here and they're going to pass the ball a lot. So I should go and I should make sure that I got eyes on the receiver, eyes on the quarterback, Oh, they. You know, let's hope I get a, a few deep balls. But I try not to be in that position because I don't ever want to be that guy on the sidelines, who's like, oh, which one's that? Oh, who who's that? No, I I want to know who I want to know who that is because if I know who you are, then I can predict where you're going to go from here because I will watch your games. I I spend the week up to the game in my spare time watching your games, watching Pitt games, watching Louisville games. Okay. When they're inside the 15, they love to go to this guy. Mm -hmm. So now now I'm at the 15, and I'm already staring at him. I got my camera on him because that's where they typically go, and I can't tell you how many times it's worked out, especially with Vanderbilt football, because they'll be at the goal line, and and so many people will have their cameras just waiting to see, okay, just move it here, move it here, move it here. I've seen this play at at the three-yard line 900 different times this season. I already know where I'm looking. So I get my camera in focus on the guy that I know is getting the football and I just follow him because I know he's getting the football. And that's, that's what goes into the preparation is making sure you take luck and you put it in your favor because you can do things to make sure that you can anticipate the shot as much as it is just a matter of, Oh man, I wish I was on that side. That does happen sometimes and it does suck. But that's why, you know, as a team, you got more than one photographer out there, but, uh, but making sure that you do as much as you can to research the game, research the teams, uh, research the sport, like know the sport that you're going out there in photography um, or photographing. Don't, don't just show up to a lacrosse game and, and and know nothing about lacrosse because you're going to go out there and you're going to sit in some spot that you can't see anything. You can't see anything. You don't even know what you're looking for. um, You know, whatever. So uh, just research. I, I try to do as much research as I can to make sure that I'm, as prepared as possible uh, every single time I go out there. Um, And then I go and a ritual I have before every football game is I take one lap completely around the stadium. I I go onto the field and I walk around the field completely. And as I'm walking, I kind of eyeball like, okay, this is what I can see from here. Okay. This is what I can see from here. Okay. Like this is what I can see from here. Um, And that kind of stuff, which it doesn't change too much from stadium Stadium to stadium. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you can see, like, cheerleader signs waiting right there. So it's like, okay, this is where the cheerleaders are going to be. So I need to make sure that I'm not in their way and they're not in my way, <clears throat> and vice versa. So, yeah, man, there's – if you want to be good, there's a lot of prep that can go into it. Uh, if you want to just show up and, and take photos, then, you know, that's on you. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Um, but uh, three things that I focus on is being better myself getting better together as a, as an industry and also just trying to be a, a beacon of light. Like, you know, I, I'm always commenting on people's stuff, like, Oh man, great shot. Like replying to people's stories, like, dude, this is sick. Like texting people, like, bro, this shot is the same. Like trying to make sure that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, hater behavior that goes on in this, this industry. Um, you know, cause it's like, Oh man, I, I I'm better than him. I, I hear all the time. And um, but no, not, not me. I don't, I don't try to be that guy. I just try to be the guy that, that if you ever want to just send a photo to and be like, dude, look at this. I'm I'm the first one. I'm like, dude, that shot's the same. Like, let's go. So yeah, that, that's what I try to do uh, in the industry to kind of um, hone my craft and just determination. Like
0: I said, to be better. I'm going to tell you something because I, I rarely share personal experiences on the podcast. However, I when I was much smaller, I mean, much smaller, I had reached out to you and you did that exact same thing. and I could see where you're coming from because i I had no reason to be interviewing you. I was just making cold calls and you and you easily came onto the podcast, which is why i'm I'm very grateful for you to come back on the show today and why I'd continue having you on because that comes through when you're communicating with people, when you're doing your work. And I find it fascinating from what you said that, for you you're essentially doing game film you're you're a part of the film room study that an nfl team is doing just for your job we hear it all the time nfl players in the film room cfl players college players whatever it is they're in the film room 24/7 and to hear that people who aren't even playing the game are putting in that work to succeed is is remarkable like it it is it is unbelievable to hear and what i wanted to ask you you know furthermore is the competition like getting a job or, or, or getting getting a place to to take pictures at like like walk me through that process now that you've you've gotten multiple jobs in the NCAA and you've done tight end University and you're doing whatever it is tennis and the MLS is it easier to accumulate jobs and connections or, or how does that work in the photography uh, industry
1: yeah man well um let me just say like I did the same thing, like, as you, like, I've been in this situation before. I've made the cold calls. Like, I've done all of it. I've sent the DMs. I've like, you know, uh, I've sent the emails off. Hey, my name is so-and-so. I'm a photographer in this area. Uh, I know you're coming to town. Like, here's what I, here's my portfolio. Here's what I do. I'd love to come shoot for you. I've sent it out a hundred times. And if I can just get one or two responses, it's a win. And so. So now when I get people in my DMs asking me, like, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm just looking for help. Like, I've been that guy. I've sent that email. I've sent that DM. So I'm 100% always going to reciprocate it. Like, you want help? I'll give you help. I'm not going to be the guy who – I've been blocked before. I've literally sent – I've sent that out Instagram messages been like, hey, I'm an upcoming photographer. This is a few years ago. Like, I'm an upcoming I'm a photographer. I'm trying to know, like, you know, what should I buy? You know, where should I go? Like, you know, how should I get started? Uh, and just been blocked, and people just block you because right. they're just try to they're not try to lift everybody up, and and I don't want to be that guy. Um, but to kind of go back under uh, your question, like what it looks like is is uh, yes, it is definitely easier now, just because um, you know I kind of have a little bit more connections places. So uh, when when schools come to town, they'll ask Vanderbilt like, hey, do you guys know a freelancer that, that we can get on? Uh, we didn't bring a photographer with us. I got a great relationship with Vanderbilt. I've got nothing but great things to say about the people that work over there, the social team, the photographers. Uh, you know everything. Um, so they'll always hit me up and say like, "Hey, we got so and so coming to town," or they'll or they'll give them my email. You know they'll send an email over to me and ask if I'm free this weekend, and I'll say yeah or I'll say no. Um, but yeah, so that that's been a big help. Uh, Titan University, um, you know that that came with with the DM that that happened with a dm that was that was it started i think i mentioned this uh last time i was on but i'll kind of go back over it just really quickly um it started with me dming undrafted receiver for the tennessee titans mason kinsey yeah. asking him if, he, if i could come out and take some photos of him working out he, he said yeah you know i'll let you know next thing you know he says you free today i say i'm free today I go out there, he says it's gonna be me, a couple me and a couple guys. Sure enough, those couple guys are Robert and TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Mason Kidsey. Nice. And it's and that's like my first time ever going wow. out and really using uh, like using a camera. So like it was do or die. It was just back up against the wall, figure it out. And um, you know, with that, I I took some photos. It was right in the middle of George's contract extension talks. Um he was trying to kind try of revolutionize how a tight end gets paid. He wanted to get paid like a lineman and a tight end, you know, a receiver and a tight end. He really wanted to make sure they're paid for all the different positions they play. And so NFL Network reaches out and they say, Hey, can we use your pictures of George uh, that you took of his offseason workouts? And I'm like, Absolutely.
0: Right. No yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. And
1: so in a matter of like three days, I went from never taking a photo of like any type of live action to my photo being, uh, my photos, my Instagram post being on NFL Network. And then shortly after that, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of workout photos with them. And so uh, George ended up following me and George, you know, he was always, he's always been great. He always shares what I post of him and and whatnot. And uh, and the next thing you know, Adam Schefter tweets out, he's like, Greg Olson, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, uh, forming a tight end summit in Nashville, Tennessee. And I get Adam Schefter's updates into my phone, so I saw it. And I don't think it had even been up for two minutes yet before I was in Georgia's DMs saying, "I will 100% be the photographer at that university. Like, no question. I'll be it. I'll be there. I'm already here." He says, "All right, let me send you your info over to so and so." And then I have an interview, we talk, and now we're uh, we're on year three. I- I'm back for another year of university this year, back in Nashville, year three. Um, I've got a great, great relationship with Rubicon talent. Those are the people that they run it. Um, I got a great relationship with them. Who knows where that's going to lead to. Um, but yeah, year three, uh, they they've said to me that as long as they have it, uh, I'm the photographer. So um, yeah, man. So that's, that's what it is. It's just like you, just just like all these people that are trying to go out there and, and, uh, and make it. You'd be surprised how social media can take you off. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to send that DM. Don't be afraid to send that email. The worst that can happen is they don't, is they ignore it, they see it, they block you, whatever. Who cares? But the best that can happen is they respond. So that's all I got to say is just send it. Full send. Just
0: do it. 100%. No, uh, I've thought about that a thousand times, like, damn am I really sliding into this guy's DMs to like ask him if he wants to come on the podcast he's got millions of followers it's like what what's there gonna lose if he doesn't see it then it's then it's whatever like nothing nothing happens but a right. lot a lot more good can come out of something that really has no no bad attached to it right and uh I just find that inspirational about what you've been doing I'm excited to see your work come out over the next few years if you guys have just a moment please go follow mike on instagram on twitter go check out his portfolio and mike i'd be happy to have you on again in the future man it's been uh it's been a blast today
1: yeah man just two quick things i'll say uh one thing funny little real quick story about dms being sent i used to uh back in the day when i was doing graphic design um instagram had a feature where they were showing activity so you could see like this person liked this photo five seconds ago. This yeah. person liked this photo five minutes ago. Yeah. I would sit all night, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., refreshing that activity, seeing when someone liked the photo. They liked the photo. I know you're online. I'm DMing you. I know you're online right now, so I'm going to DM you right now. And I would do it all night long. I would get you at, when I knew you were looking at your phone, not not you know just waiting on you to get online and see it, I would see that you're online. I would see that you're liking photos. I would send the DM. I would go on your page and comment and be like, Hey man, check your DMS. You know, I, I want to do this for you, yada, yada. And, uh, and I know they're looking at their phone. I know they got the notification. So, and that's, I would live off of it, man. So yeah, man, it's, it's a grind. It's, uh, but as you can see, your page has grown tremendously, uh, in the last two years. So, um, it pays off. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is, uh, just a quick shout out to the people that have kind of helped boost my photography career. Um, It's a place called undrafted or undrafted news uh, on Instagram. And um, what they do for, for people like me and, and honestly, people, uh, people like JV here, um, they just try to get people's foot in the door. Like if you want to cover sports with photo, you want to cover sports by being a journalist, you want to cover sports by being up in the press box, watching the game. Live feeding stats, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, um, they make that happen. Uh, it's a trade off, um, you know. They get your foot in the door, and then you provide the content, you know. Um, and then what your what your ultimate goal is is you take what you learn from there, you take the connections that you got from there, and then next thing you know, you're getting you're getting job offers. You're you know you're taking this you're taking this to the top. Um, so nothing but great things to say about Austin. Uh, he's the owner over there at Undrafted. Uh, nothing but great things to say about him. Uh, he's gotten me into a lot of places. Uh, Boston for the Fenway Bowl. Um, Texas for the – or Houston, Texas for the, uh, the the Texas Bowl where I got to shoot LSU, uh, which is a dream come true. Um, he's gotten me uh, into Louisville where I got to shoot uh, Jack Harlow sitting in the fans. Um, so, yeah, man, like undrafted is an incredible place, incredible people. Uh, everybody in the group is great. Um, so yeah, if you guys really want to be serious about trying to pursue covering sports, uh hit up people in undrafted and and we'll try to get you in.
0: Absolutely. You can find them, I believe, on Instagram, Mike, uh at Undrafted, I'm assuming. Yep, Undrafted News. Okay, yeah. And and you mentioned that they were uh they were tagging a bunch of your posts too. So if you're checking out Mike's profile, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find them through there. Mike, as I said, this has been a blast. I really appreciate your time today. Looking forward to chatting with you again yes
1: sir man it's been
0: great awesome everybody who came in to watch stay to the end i appreciate the support as always it's been phenomenal over the past few months and uh without further ado i guess i'll see you in the next episode peace out guys